Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. When you look at your team today and you think about the team that you have to be to win a conference championship, what's what's if you had to put your finger on one thing, what's the one thing that this group that you look at where they stand today, what's the one thing you gotta get better at first and foremost? The one thing that you would pick? it's gotta be two things, Teddy. I can't give one thing. It's physicality and discipline. Yeah. Physicality and discipline. Period. Yeah. Physicality and discipline. The one thing is physicality and discipline. I love that. Um, they go hand in hand. Uh, I think if uh, if any coach could could pick those two things to be the that their team is the best at, I think every coach in America would take it. Hey, and like you said, uh, being physical, win at the line of scrimmage, that's uh, that's mental just as much as it is physical. Here's the thing, though, man. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. But not everyone holds their practice according to that standard. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. I, I, yes, there's one way. There's yeah, yeah, talk about it or be about it. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Everyone yes. says it. Everyone says we're going to be the most physical. Well, you don't just say we're going to be the most physical and show up on Saturday and expect that to happen. you got to go through the grind to get your team to play that way. You think and, they even say that at Ole Miss, though? Yeah. In USC right now? Yeah. I, I, God knows they say it at Texas. God, there, there's your example. You should have just said everyone says it, but see the University of Texas the past 15 years. Right. Yeah, well, I uh, going to spring practice and and watching the way they were practicing in spring. There, it's this is it's not lip service. It's not lip service, and I think that's one of the benefits that you have. Whenever you get a a defensive minded head coach, and I'm not saying that you don't get it with an offensive-minded head coach. But every single defense out there has to hang their hat on physicality, on toughness, on discipline. That's what you have to hang your hat on. Now, you don't always have the best uh, situation to do that. Like You can't always pick the way that you practice. You can't always pick the way that the schedule is laid out for you as far as um, you know, like when you're in pads and when you're not and like when you're taking your offense to the ground and when you're not, you can't always pick that. But every defensive uh, coach in the country is, is feeling that way. So when you have a head coach that is that, that's constantly preaching that and when when given the opportunity, you know, having their practice set up for that, then you're going to get the same at head coach. But, you know, a lot of times offensive-minded guys, and for 
for good reason, are way more concerned with keeping their stars healthy than they are with, you know, winding up with a a calloused, tough, hard-nosed football team. Sure. All right, let's get you some uh, highlights from today's OU Media Day. First, let's go to OC Jeff Levy talking about Eric Gray. He said, quotes, the running back room's going to start with EG. That's Eric Gray, Teddy. Could not be more excited about where he's at and what he's going to be able to do for us this fall, in quotes. So, for all of you out there that are aboard the Marcus Major hype train and the Javante Barnes hype train as well, uh, make room for some Eric Gray because it sounds like he's RB number one going into training camp. Yeah. Not a shock. Um, I think, would you agree that up to this point, Marcus Major has not shown himself to be a consistent yes. enough football player um, in the program to be leading the charge there? Um, I'd say that that's more than fair. Yes, I don't. Uh, yes, short answer. And the Barnes kid is just a freshman. And the Sawchuck kid. So, I'd be shocked if it was any other way. That doesn't mean that the group behind him can't close the distance and close it really quickly. All right, um, here's Miguel Chavis on Marcus Stripling, who we think is going to be a major part of this defense this year. Quote from Chavis, He's reshaped his body. This is a muscled-up dude. This is a fast, twitchy guy who has an incredible motor, end quote. One of those key words there, incredible motor. But I'll take Miguel Chavis at face value and say that Marcus Stripling is ready to have his breakout se- I mean, he's a senior, so he, this better be his breakout season, but I am counting on that to be the case. How many sacks? Um, ooh, that's difficult. I'll say that Marcus Stripling has, I think he's going to have seven and a half sacks this year. Seven and a half sacks. Uh Uh-huh. Like it, love it, hate it. Well, seven and a half would be a, would be a good number for him. It would by far be his. His best total, uh, no doubt. I don't think – have we had anyone – I don't think we've had anyone get to the nine number in a while. Um, I think last year, eight and a half was – eight was Isaiah Thomas, seven for Bonito. Hmm. Are you looking at like oboe since the last time you had that many? I mean, regardless, it would be know. it would be yeah. I mean, who whatever it's it would be a good year for him. <sighs> yeah, but he is a guy that's uh, what the complaint even last year when he was playing well is there's a there's highlight plays no doubt, but he's got to be more consistent. He's in the long line of guys that are returning that needs to be more consistent. So. I mean, there could be a scenario here where he's, you know, a bit better of a version of himself on that, not always super consistent, 
And the sacks will definitely be spread out, I think. But I think that he's capable of having that many highlight plays next year. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he can. I hope he can. If he has, if he has, if he can get to eight sacks, we got a really good chance defensively. Yeah. Really good chance. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Lebby on Braden Willis. He is going to be very, very involved, which I know a lot of people like to hear, including myself. And, you know, somehow I feel that Braden Willis is almost a – Guy that's maybe not talked enough about this offense in terms of who's going to be a weapon. Now, dude, I don't think he's going to be the leading receiver or top three or anything like that. But could we be downplaying just a little bit how much Braden Willis is going to be used in this offense? I think there's a scenario where that's the case. Let's see. What numbers are you thinking of? I, I mean, if you want me to go a number in particular, I can go and look at something that would be comparable from maybe, you know, last year or something like that. But well, I'm just, he, I'm he just saying of what he's had... viewed as. is Yeah, I, and I know how he's been viewed as. I just expect this to be easily the most he's ever been involved in the offense. Right. He had 15 catches last year for 177 and two touchdowns. I think it is I think it's reasonable to say that he more than doubles that. Yeah. 30 in the range of 30 plus catches, which by the way that would be in the range of what Mims and Mike Woods and Mario Williams had last year by the way. He he yeah. doubles that even like their leading receiver last year. But also and here's the perspective but also, it would be where Jeremiah Hall was. Yeah, right. Jeremiah Hall had 32 catches. Like, Jeremiah Hall's numbers last year is, I think, a reasonable place to kind of give your over-under for Braden Willis. 32 catches, 334, four touchdowns. It's almost, it's almost exactly double what Braden Willis's production was a year ago. And I think that's a good place to start. No, and hey, I, I think anyone would take that right now. Anyone would take – Braden Willis might take 32 receptions for around 350 yards and four touchdowns because yeah. it feels like, you know, those aren't just meaningless forgotten about touchdowns, right? It seems like guys that have touchdowns from that position – they're normally in a pretty big-time game and pretty big-time scenarios. They're not garbage-time touchdowns. So they're maybe more meaningful than just filling up the stat sheet at the end of the year or something. So, yeah, I'd I take that for him for sure. Right. And, you know, that's kind of, to me, a, a, a bit of a baseline. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he has a breakout season. Like, I wouldn't consider that necessarily a breakout season I would consider that the number one tight end season you know yeah I think there's 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 a possibility for a a breakout season for him and that'll just come with with production if you know the one of the things and I've talked about this whenever you are a a zone team 
there's a lot of bootleg that comes off of that. And tight ends get a ton of receptions off the bootleg. We know that, uh, especially whenever you're going to do it out of two tight end sets. And I think with him and Parker, they got uh, a, a pretty reasonable ability to do that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Stogner had 26 catches for 422 and three touchdowns in the 2020 season, the shortened season. I, I don't. I think that those numbers are well within reason. It is kind of, though we have a pretty good idea of what this offense is going to look like and probably even, really for the most part, what the personnel is going to look like, it's still hard to really nail down what you feel like the numbers are going to be, especially in the passing game. Because, yeah, they're going to go fast, but how fast are they going to go? Well, that could be heavily dependent on how good the defense is this year, you know? Right. They will they will go up tempo, but that's not all that they're going to do. And how often are they going to go up tempo? Well, that's going to be a game by game scenario. So it's just hard to exactly nail down. I mean, is this are these numbers going to look like, you know, 2012 with as many snaps per game? I don't think so. But are they going to have more snaps than what they did a year ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. I would guess so. You know what's interesting is very few temp- very few teams go what we would consider up-tempo these days. It all kind of feels like it because they're constantly all at the line of scrimmage. But whenever you look at their average uh, time on the play clock, whenever they snap it, most teams do not go that fast anymore. Now – there are definitely times whenever they hit the gas and in short periods do go up-tempo and that is the style of offense that they're going. It's not just a – it's not just like a two-minute drill or something like that. But I know it's going to be a dangerous weapon and I know it's something that Lebby's going to have in his back pocket. But I'm just like you. I don't know – I don't know how, how much of it we see, frankly. Like they may not, they may not need it for lack of a better term. I think they're going to show it, and I think they're going to do it every game just to make sure it's sharp and they're good at doing it in games. But I don't know that it's it's going to be. I don't know that it's going to be something that they're always doing. Yeah, well, I mean, if they don't have to do it all the time, that's best case scenario, right? Yeah, and when they do throw it out there, it's going to be lethal, man. It's it's going to be super. I, if you don't know, I, handling the up tempo as a defense is one thing. Not knowing exactly how much they're going to use it or what drives they're going to use it. I mean that that makes it even more complicated. I feel like. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it's like um, it's like seeing the fastball and then the changeup, right? It's the 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 change in speed is what is is really difficult whenever you get lulled into a slow and steady pace and then someone all of a sudden hits the gas on you, you can't get caught up and you're panicked out there and everyone's reeling. I uh, I think it's like Kate Horton developing a slider within like two weeks' time Ooh, and he yeah. just starts, I mean, just putting everyone away and ends up being a top ten draft pick. That's, That's what it. I think it's like. That's it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. 
is full of anchors, meant to keep you in place. But the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them. So every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Holy hail damage! Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roofing company after the storms? Look no further than Elite Roofing Systems, a sooner-born, sooner-bred, locally-owned roofing company. Elite Roofing has been helping homeowners and commercial property owners across the greater OKC area get beautiful, functional roofing systems at reasonable rates. Call Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Systems today at 405-361-3094 for a free evaluation and estimate today. Who would have dreamed we'd be number one for 15 years? Welcome to the $300,000 Riverwind Winniversary. With two Jaguars to be won. Plus cash, bonus play, and prizes all month. With 15 times entries, Mondays and Tuesdays. So come say happy 15th to the one. Carved into 640 acres of rugged southwest Oklahoma countryside, the Territory Golf and Country Club in Duncan, Oklahoma offers a 7,100-yard championship course filled with mature trees, natural elevation changes, and the picturesque Stage Stand Creek meandering through the course. The Territory is consistently rated as a top 10 course in Oklahoma, features a fantastic clubhouse, the Prairie House restaurant, and many other amenities. Contact Bree Ledford at 580-475-0075 for membership options. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of copier, fax, printer, scanner, document management, and information technology solutions to small and medium-sized organizations in and around Oklahoma. When you think of a big league company, think RK Black. RK Black is the official provider of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Sharp. Let RK Black and Sharp become your official service provider for your office needs. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center is one of the leaders in orthopedics and podiatry surgery in the state. With six orthopedic surgeons and one podiatrist, along with on-site PT and one of the largest open MRIs in the state, they are able to diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. Hi, this is Lisa Talley, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management firm. With our team of real estate agents, specialized property managers, and in-house maintenance team, Aria is here for you in every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate. Parents, we know we can't protect our kids from everything. Eventually, they're going to bump their heads or scrape their knees. But we can protect them from six types of cancer. HPV, or human papillomavirus, is a common preventable virus that can cause cancer later in life. The HPV vaccine prevents human papillomavirus and all the cancers it can cause. The American Cancer Society recommends getting your sons and daughters the HPV vaccine starting at age 9 to protect them later in life. 
It's been incredible. You know, you get around our guys in the summer, you get around Schmitty in the summer, man, you automatically get inspired. You can't help but be in that room and be inspired by the way guys are, are, are working and sweating. We talk about sweat equity all the time. And, um, you know, Schmitty, Schmitty does an unbelievable job reaching these guys every single day and giving us the ability that when we walk down that tunnel, man, our guys are going to be prepared and, and ready to go to war. There is offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby talking about a little sweat equity the team has been putting in this summer with strength coach Jerry Schmidt. Your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Does that do it for you, hearing uh, coordinators talk about how tough it was during the summer and all the sweat equity this team put in? Does that warm your heart here on a Tuesday yes, afternoon? Yes, it does. It does. Sweat equity is basically how I lived my life. Well, lived. That's, that's past no. tense. No, no, no. Live. Still. <laughs> yeah, live yeah, my okay. life. All right, yeah, yeah. Anyone believe in that? Anyone out there believe in that? No, no. It, it, it is cool that um, the entire staff is saying that, yeah, they, uh, they put it in this summer and uh, Jerry Schmidt put him to work and they came out on the other side. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. And this, I'm not saying anything bad here. Every single coach in the country is saying the same thing right now. All right, everyone. So, not at Texas. The guy was their defensive coordinator was asked about their pass rush, and he said, "What pass rush?" Yeah, but remember at Big Twelve Media Days, Sark was talking about how good the summer was. Yeah, oh, God. So, I everyone can't have the same summer. I, some teams have to have it, have to have outworked others. Like there, there's someone out there, like we don't know who, we don't know how to com- compare it, but there's a team out there that had the hardest summer, that got the most out of their summer, and there's other teams out there that it was total crap. But everyone right now is convinced that they had a great summer. We'll see who we'll see who actually did and who didn't. Um, so CBS has like their uh, preseason ranking yeah. from number one all the way to number one thirty-one. Here's what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna read off the top twenty here. You tell me a team. Oh, we're gonna do. We're both gonna do it. You tell me a team that is way overrated if these okay. rankings turn out to be true, and a team that's massively underrated. Uh, let's start at the top 20 here. Michigan State is at 20. Miami is at 19. Penn State is at 18. Cincinnati at 17. Arkansas at 16. Wisconsin at 15. Hmm. All right. Uh, Oregon at 14. Oklahoma State at 13. USC at 12. NC State at 11. Baylor at 10. Uh, the rest of the top 10 goes as followed. A&M at 9. Michigan at 8, OU at 7, Notre Dame at 6, Clemson at 5, Utah at 4, then you go Georgia at 3, Ohio State at 2, and Alabama at number 1. Let's start with the team that stuck out to you that's massively overrated in the top 20. Uh, Where was A&M? 9? Yeah, yeah. That's not massively overrated. I think it could be. 
I think it's too high. Um, I think they're, they've got a really good roster, but I, whenever you ju- whenever you start looking at all of the teams that they're but that are around them, I I still just don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Right, and that's a problem. Yeah, look, look, I you know how I feel about A and M. I definitely wrote A and M down, and I definitely wrote USC down, but. There's another team that's just outside the top 10 at number 11. I don't get it with NC State. I understand that they have a returning quarterback that a lot of people like, but I feel like this year's North Carolina State team is last year's North Carolina team. Had Sam Howell returning as quarterback, they were way overvalued. I understand that there's a thought that, well, somebody's got to win games in the ACC. Why not NC State? I think NC State's very similar to North Carolina was last year. I think that there's they're massively overrated. Yeah, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a really good defense, um, and they do have a really good quarterback coming back. I it's hard for me to say much about them because I just. I don't know much. I don't watch the ACC. I haven't heard like NC State is not a team that I ever make it a point to keep up with. So it's just it's hard hard to really pick what I think they're going to do. They do have a really good quarterback coming back that was a thirty-five touchdown, five interception guy last year, and the point that you you made and it it is one that you can easily dismiss but it's also really really true you don't have to be very good to win a ton of games in that schedule yeah outside of clemson who is the best team that they play texas tech um God, i hope it's not texas tech that they play in like Louisville? week 3 um it's not going to be God, i don't even know if it's going to be virginia tech it might be wake forest but I'm not crazy about Wake Forest this year. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like the most difficult team that they play this year, I don't even think is a mid-level Big 12 team. Right. Yeah. Outside of Clemson, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so North Carolina had, thing, a, had a really scary schedule last year, but that, that's fine. Still, still point proven about that one. Um, underrated team for me and – I think this is more just about their identity as a football program and what I think he's built there. I I think Michigan State's going to be better than just a fringe top 20 team this year. I don't think they'll be better than Ohio State, but I I just really like what Mel Tucker's built in East Lansing. They're yeah. going to run the football, and they're going to play good defense, and we know that travels, and it will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, won 11 games a year ago. Um, finished what? They, they finished nine. They finished in the top ten. If I remember right, they got a tough schedule coming up. Still don't have much at quarterback and lose their best weapon on offense. But I do think your point about what they have travels, I think that's true. Um, I'll give you one. All right. What about Kentucky? I You've heard – I told Bob that I really like Kentucky this year. Will Levis back at quarterback and again, well – 
I mean, that is basically agreeing with the Michigan State pick because you think that they're going to run the ball well, play good defense, but Kentucky has the established quarterback coming back. And I think that the SEC East is it's open for business. Now, Georgia's going to be good again this year, but I don't think that they're going to be as good as a year ago. Florida's got to figure some things out. Um, I still think Tennessee's got to figure some things out as well. There is a real run for Kentucky to finish second in the SEC East this year and push for a 10-win season. So, uh, yeah, I'm aboard that train. Yeah, um, I think I think Tennessee wins the East, and they are at number uh, 24. (laughs) Remember Um, that, everyone, please. Now, what do you make of Utah at number four? Um, I think that is too high for Utah. Like, if we're talking about overall just the best teams, who's the most talented teams, I like Utah, man. All right? They're tough. They're physical. They play a good brand of football. I think they have a limited ceiling, though, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, can they end up being the four seed in the college football playoff? Yes, but I think that that's pure – not purely, but mostly based on the schedule that they have this year. I don't think that Utah will truly be the fourth best team in college football at season's end. I think there are other teams, like in Oklahoma, who have a much higher ceiling that could be better than a Utah at the end of the year. Yeah. You know what's interesting? And it makes you feel like finally somebody gets it. No Texas in the top 25. No. No, nowhere to be seen, actually. Texas was all the way back at number tw- uh, 29, 29 yeah. which still, for a 5-7 and seven team, I still go, eh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, at least not in the top. I mean, USC still is at number 12, okay, which is 73 spots higher than what they finished the year, which I find interesting. Well, but at least they the got Texas about, right. Like, here's the thing about USC and Texas. I can – I can make a way better case for USC than I can for Texas. Based on what, schedule? Based on schedule, based on quarterback, uh, based on like, the talent that they've got coming in at a bunch of different spots offensively. I mean, mainly it's schedule, though. I can't make any case for Texas. No. I mean, they've got they've got good players coming back at skill positions, but it's yet to be determined if they have anyone capable of anything at all at quarterback. Yeah, text line says I think Arkansas might be too low. They're at number sixteen. Well, we just talked about schedule for USC, but their schedule is brutal. I don't know why they did that to themselves in the non-con. Yikes! Sixteen. That's a pretty good. That's pretty high spot for Arkansas. If they finished. right on the verge of the top 15 from where they've uh, started, I'd say that that would be a, a pretty good spot. But A&M beat Bama, laughing face emoji. I know. That's all All the preseason hype is on beating Alabama last year and having the number one overall recruiting class in February, which has zero to do with having a good football team out on the field this year. That's how we, that's how we do it. Right. What do you think of Oklahoma at seven? Uh, I think to start the year, that's dead on balls accurate. Yeah. And I think that with the talent that they have, they can definitely – I mean, God, I'm picking it. 
I think that they can definitely get to where they're one of the best four teams in the country. But to start the year with the questions that they have, yeah, I, I, that's exactly where I'd put them at number seven. In your opinion, is Baylor a top ten team? Um, that is purely has to be based on what I think they have at quarterbacks. So, yes, I think that they might be where they are here, dead on balls accurate, the number 10 team. Okay. Huh. Michigan is at eight, and I don't know. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a good spot for Michigan. But Michigan is, even though they had, what's his name, the uh, McNamara kid last year? Yeah. Still, when you look at all those other teams in the top, um, Alabama, Ohio State, not Georgia, but Utah with rising, we'll see with Clemson. Most of these teams have a stud at quarterback. Michigan does not and has not had one there in a long, long time. Since the guy that's uh, currently playing for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Brady kid, <laughs> I don't even know if anyone labeled him as a superstar while he was at Michigan. We'll get to uh, more of your text coming up next segment. But here's an interesting question: um, If you were an out-of-state fan, what's the one home game you would pick to attend this year? Mm. I think there's three candidates, as you would say to pick one game to go to. Oddly enough, I think the UTEP game could be a candidate just because I think that all of the excitement that's been here for eight months is going to kind of, you know, show itself in game one of the season, even against a not very good opponent. UTEP's a candidate. Oklahoma State at home is a candidate. Baylor at home is a candidate. I would say the Oklahoma State game is the game to go to just because – the hostility in the air that night, Woo-hoo-hoo. it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah, yep. And who knows? It may be the last time we play Bedlam. So, well, according to Mike Gundy, it is. Well, I just don't know how you figure it in the schedule. If the SEC is <laughs> gonna play nine league games, I mean, I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah. That one's going to be something. That's going to be a good one. Now, I think the best football game is going to be the Baylor game. That's where you're going to see the two best teams. In in my opinion, that's going to be a top ten matchup whenever we play it first weekend in November. But, you know, honestly – the Kansas State game is going to be a good one. Really, every home game except for Kansas and the, well, the non-cons it, are going to be good games. It be- Kansas better not be a good game this year, right? Let's not right. let's not have a replay of that one, please. Right. I'm just saying, though, there's a good chance that let's just say Oklahoma wins the conference, and I, maybe we shouldn't use that as a throwaway, but I think the second, third, and fourth place teams, you may have a chance to watch them all at home against OU this year. Yeah. Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Totally, yeah. 
Um, but Oklahoma State is my final selection here. You you going with uh, Bedlam for the last time, or are you going with Kent State at home? I'll go Bedlam. And I can't wait to hear you say all week long in the Kent State game, well, I mean, they got a good offense. If you look at the, the last three years, they've had one of the better offenses in the country. Oh, God, I can see. I can hear it now. What do you think? What do you think my panic, uh, Thursday panic against UTEP is going to be? Oh, that they're just going to throw screens out in the open space. I don't know if we can get off a tackle out there and make a play. <laughs> get our guys in space and throw deep balls. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There'll be something. There'll be, there'll be panic come through. Well, they got this transfer from Prairie A&M. Supposed it, to be a good player. It really is. Like, in the season, it's like doing a radio show every day with the coach in terms of how panicked they get during the week about the game. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm an idiot because I panicked last week or last year that Nebraska might beat us. Guess I, what? I'm not talking they almost about did. just last year. I'm talking I'm an about idiot every because year. I panicked that West Virginia might beat us. Guess what? Sixteen <laughs> thirteen. Last year it was valid. I'm talking about the other years before that. But as I look back to those matchups, not a whole lot of those were blowouts either. But by Tuesday, it's God. I hope we can get a first down, man. Whew, it's going to be tough. Right. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. This uh, this season, the panic level will drop if I would we start love it. playing. I would love it. Uh, consistent on both sides of the ball because it's been either or for so long, man. God, when's the, we, we can like hand pick just a very outside of like easy non conference games. We can hand pick just a very limited amount of games over the last five years where they've played consistent complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams in a game. The past three years, dude, I think that they've played a fourth-quarter game with everyone in the conference. Kansas, it happened last year, right? You know, Kansas State, it's happened twice. Um, Baylor, it's definitely happened. Oklahoma State, it's definitely happened. Texas, it's happened. Iowa State, it's happened. West Virginia, it's happened. The only one is Tech. Have they played a close game with Tech the past three years? They didn't at home last year. They no. didn't in Lubbock in Tech 2020. And, Tech and TCU, they've had it's, both handled yeah, both of them pretty it, But good. everyone else, whoo, buddy. And a lot of those are more well, than no. once. In 2019, I forgot about this. 28-24 um, at home. And... Something happened in that game. Was that the fourth down they gave us? Uh, yes, 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 yes. TCU at home. Yeah. We did not get that fourth down, and they gave it to us at the end of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, that um, that was a close one. So, yeah, if you go back to 19, you can, you can add uh, TCU in there as well. Fun times, man. Yeah. Yeah. Always good this stuff. team has taken years off of fans' lives the past uh, three seasons. Let's hope we get some back. Yep. All right. Um, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans.
With custom signs and graphics from Fast Signs, you can say anything. Invite the world to discover that thing that makes your business unmistakably yours. Make your statement in lights or metal, on a van, across the windows. Make it unforgettable. Together, anything is possible. Bright ideas, brilliantly executed, can turn the mundane into the marvelous. Transforming your space begins at our place. Power your business visibility and make your statement with Fast Signs. Visit FastSigns.com. Wake up with Toby Rowland. Not much to talk about, but we'll figure out a way to cobble our way through three hours. And T.J. Perry. <laughs> what a bomb. <laughs> what a complete bomb. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. Your sexiness comes through the radio. It's just all around. The package is fantastic. <laughs> T-Row and T.J. on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Electric cooperatives don't just generate power, they generate ideas. At Oklahoma Electric Cooperative, we never stop thinking of ways to help everyone become more energy efficient. We invest our resources in technologies that build a brighter tomorrow for all Oklahomans, like our addition of Norman's first solar farm, the OEC Solar Garden. We pride ourselves in finding and creating solutions for today and tomorrow. Your trusted energy advisor, Oklahoma Electric Cooperative. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your life, health, home, or auto insurance policies. With their help, it's easy to find a better insurance solution. Let them help you search for the best coverage for your needs. Give Rightway Insurance a call today, 405-607-6014. That's 405-607-6014 to get better, more affordable home and auto insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, your insurance advisor. Hi, this is Lisa Talley, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management firm. With our team of real estate agents, specialized property managers, and in-house maintenance team, Aria is here for you in every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. It's football time in Oklahoma again. Boyd Street has all the Sooner and local high school previews available in the August issue on Stands Now. Also included in the football preview are stories covering the Virtue Center, the award-winning Norman North debate team, a recap of the Sooner baseball team's run to the Men's College World Series final, and the new Hawaiian restaurant in Norman, Mobetas. The August issue of Boyd Street is now available in print and online at boydstreet.com. When you have suffered a major loss, your head might be spinning. So many things can run through your mind. Is my family safe? 
How am I going to rebuild? Which restoration company will I be working with? After you've determined your family is safe, you should call Brown O'Haver. They will help you with the major questions you'll be facing. They will educate you on insurance claims, how to rebuild, and determine what is salvageable before someone else tells you or bills you for your own property. 405-735-5510 is the number you need to call after you've suffered a loss. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Yeah, we were just talking last segment about OU's inability recently to separate in games and win convincingly. Great point on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, the most complete game last year was the game that Bob Stoops coached. Yeah, what was it like? Uh, yeah, fair point. 34, 37-3 or something like that at half. They didn't. Finished all that great defensively in the second half, but that first 30 minutes was the most dominant 30 minutes of football we saw all year long. Yeah, that was that was an ass-kicking is what that was. Um, now, there's excuses to throw around, but, you know, both teams had lost their head coach. Both teams were in flux. Both teams had stars that weren't playing – it it was it was not a good on good situation but they still show, showed up and played a really good complete game yeah, as more yeah. guys started to rotate in second half they gave up some points yeah that was more about that team showed up ready to play and they looked like the best version of themselves all year long and yep. yeah Oregon was not at full strength but even that Oregon team was significantly better than a lot of other teams they played against, which we were sweating it out like in the fourth Kansas? quarter. Like Kansas, yes, I would use that as a pretty good example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What they played they played Okie State. Was it nineteen uh when Hertz was there? They that was really thirty four sixteen. Um which that was, that's one of those games where, you know, an 18-point win is a nice win, uh, but it looked a little bit more dominant than just that. Yeah, they ran the mess out of the football that day. It was 34-16, and it was just it, – it, it never felt like it was close at all. They threw the ball – 17 times and ran at 44. I feel like uh, OSU scored a touchdown on their first drive, maybe, and then didn't score another touchdown for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's right. Yep. They scored seven in the in the first quarter, and then it looks like they kicked two field goals in the second and one in the third and didn't score in the fourth. Man. But we just – it was all running game, just continued to pound them, ran it 44 times for 283 yards. That is – that's a long night. Yeah. Um, God. That was uh, – I, I prefer to win that way. I don't know if anyone else does or if I'll anyone else likes the 48-47, but I, I like that winning like that. I'll give you 20 bucks if you can pick – who the leading tackler for Oklahoma was that night? 2019 season. It's got to be someone totally random then, if you're saying it that way. Mm, no, not necessarily. Um, oh, my gosh. 2019. $20 on the line, is that what you said? $20 on the line. So there's a lot of pressure here. That's uh, at least two cold beers this weekend is what that means. Eight solo tackles. Um, ended up with 10 total, tackle for loss. 
it's got to be – see, the easy answer right here is obviously Kenneth Murray, but I'm not going to go with that because I don't think that you just give me $20 like that. I don't think that you're that type of dude. Kenneth Murray Jr. was number two. In, in tackles that night? Okay. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with – God, who played up front on that 2019 defensive line? It had to be someone on the D-line, correct? Uh. Gallimore or Overton or Bonito. Ronnie Perkins. Um, no, Ronnie Perkins, three total tackles, two solo. Leading tackler, Buki Radley. I Pyle. swear to you I was going to say that. I, I really thought about saying it, but I thought, no, he wouldn't go with Buki. God. <sighs> Could have made $20. Yeah, what do you think about that? The huh? best defensive game OU's played in five years. Let's go. <laughs> Buki was the leader, leading tackler on it. I like it. He played like Bosworth out there with the 44 on. I uh, think you should Venmo uh, Buki $20 instead since I didn't get it. Is he still – Does he have, is he playing at Washington? No, he again? played the last year at Washington, and he's I, – I don't know where he's – if he's in a training camp this year, but I'm pretty sure he's done. All right. Well, yeah, leading tackler. There you go. I'm clicking on his profile to see. Oh, he's with Cincinnati. Well, it says L.A. Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap things up next. Stay with us.